Hi folks, I'm Alan Watts and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 15th of December 2011. For newcomers, you should always make use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll see all my other official sites listed there. If you find sticking on downloads of audios on the com, try these alternate sites that are listed. Now all those sites have audios, they all have transcripts too in English for print up. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into Alan Watt Sentinel.eu and take your pick from the choices offered. And remember too, you are the audience that bring me to you. I try to give an alternate uh, show, not a spin on history, but I fill in the gaps basically that the media tends to leave out on purpose to show you how things are really developing and, and where it all came from and to show you you're living through a script basically. Every generation goes through their script, uh, including wars and takeovers and depressions, recessions uh, and so on. And even sometimes once in a while recoveries. However, we're past the recovery part now. We're going to, we're going to go into austerity, you see, world over as we keep paying out for the third world countries, supposedly to come up to a higher level of living. That's all done through your own politicians signing treaty after treaty through the World Trade Organization. Not a bad deal for free trade for some, eh? One-way deals. Anyway, I show you this, and uh, I, uh, I depend upon you, the audience, to keep me going. And so if you want to buy the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com, you can uh, order from the United States by using personal check or international postal money order. You can use MoneyGram, it's not MoneyGram, but you can use PayPal. And some people send cash across the world. You do have MoneyGram and Western Union and PayPal to order. Remember, straight donations are really, really welcome, especially when at times of the bills come up, which is about now too. So it's up to you if you want to keep it going. I don't push politics. I personally think politics is an utter racket. It's been co-opted from day one, as far as I'm concerned. Politicians are born liars. They're psychopathic types. They all belong to the right schools. They all know each other in school, in fact, and they grow up into their own generation one after another, simply scamming the public and playing the public for suckers. And uh, as I say, they also are owned by the guys above them who own the international corporations across the whole globe. And that is the system that was designed to come into place, uh, a world-run and a feudal system. You have this public-private partnership deal across the world now, and you have all your governmental agencies farming out the work to these private agencies. Uh, they're completely dependent upon them for all their reports that they ran corporation, many, many corporations, Brookings Institute, the Council on Foreign Relations. That's who runs your countries. And uh, they know where they're going because all these organizations work together via the, the top international bankers at the top of the pyramid. That's how it really works. 
They have their international meetings where they all get together and they plan the future. Always plan the future or you'll lose it, obviously. You would lose control. These guys don't intend to lose control. And if you, if you noticed, if you really have noticed, they've been building up a police state in first world countries for 30 odd years in response for what's to happen down the road. That's going to make folk awfully, awfully unhappy. Like hunger, stuff like that, the basic stuff. That is on the cards, folks. That truly is on the cards. And uh, I try to chronicle it for the people, as I say, because I, I think the masses are quite happy. There's never been a time in depression, a financial depression, when most folk are completely ignorant of what's happening. Uh, they prefer to believe the media spin. There's always happy faces on television, and they enjoy their entertainment, the, the incredible amount of entertainment that keeps them in a fogged mind state. They're quite happy with that, and parties at the weekend. Back with more after this break. Folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and I talked about how, how you, you've been sold out by the politicians through the free trade deals. This part of this this idea that was dreamed up a long time ago, John Dee actually mentioned it, Queen Elizabeth I, and uh, he called it the British Empire, where they'd bring in a whole world system uh, of free trade deals. And those who wouldn't trade with them would be excluded. They wouldn't be allowed to trade with anyone. That was the blackmail part, which they actually used today. And then, of course, the Milner Group uh, that became the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, a hundred years ago, uh, set up the same idea and really pushed for this free trade deal to bring the same system across the world. And it's here. It's been here for quite some time. Every politician of all parties has uh, gone ahead with it because every top politician is a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Always have been. That's been the way since, again, a hundred years. And, um, and each one will tell you, I can remember even when the ones in Canada, the politicians, there was uh, Cretian and Moroni and, and so on, each one uh, went, ran to be the head of Canada on premise they'd pull us out of the NAFTA deals, etc. And then one week later, each one of them, uh, in turn, uh, became the champions of it. They suddenly changed their mind, you know, free trade. But with free trade gone, uh, with on the go, it should, you got to understand that they've got to bring in a value-added tax to make up for the for the import duties that they miss out on, you see. Now, free trade works one way, you see. But under the United Nations plan for it and the World Trade Organization, uh, you keep paying for the th- those so- so-called third-world countries. And, and China is still called a third-world country, by the way. They can renew it for 20 years. They, they pay no taxes for 20 years. They can uh, imp- impose import duties on all incoming uh, stuff. And, of course, but you can't, you see, if you buy all their stuff and, and charge no import fees whatsoever. That's a beautiful deal, isn't it? And after 20 years, you can renew that for another 20 years if you want to, if you still see you, you aren't making it. And we build dams for them over there. Canada's built dams for them, hydroelectric dams and nuclear uh, power stations. It's it's not bad uh, since other taxpayers across the world will borrow money from the world banks and put their citizens down as collateral, basically, or the guarantors to pay off. And uh, and, and you give it to these countries so they're guaranteed to become first world nations while you go down into the sewage, basically. And here's an article here. It says, China imposes tariffs on U.S. built cars. 
as is um, U.S. vehicles benefiting from subsidies and dumping on the China market have substantially damaged China's auto industry, the ministry's statement said on Tuesday. According to the statement, China will begin imposing taxes on cars and sports utility vehicles built in the U.S. with an engine capacity of more than 2.5 litres from December the 15th, 2011 to December 14th, 2013. And behind this nonsense here is actually the fact that they are allowed to do this because uh, you must buy all their stuff uh, without charging import duties, but they can actually impose duties on anything coming in that's going to compete with their domestic produce, you see. And it says the greatest impact of the new Chinese tariffs will be felt in major American car makers, General Motors, facing punitive duties of as high as 12.9%, and the Chrysler Corporation facing a tariff rate of 8.8%. Currently, China imposes tariffs of 25% on imported passenger vehicles, Zunhua reported. So it gives you the usual stuff. Oh, China's drew immediate criticism from the U.S. government, like poo-poo, ha-ha, but the fact is it's all nonsense. It's through the free trade deal that was signed a long time ago, and that's what they can do. Brazil can also dump stuff on your market, and you must allow it in without pressing uh, um, import duties. Uh, but you, but they, for 20 years, and then another 20 years if they want to, can uh, can basically do the opposite. They can They can restrict your imports to them, by import, by imposing duties on tariffs and so on, import duties. Not bad deal, eh? Yeah, yeah, politicians never talk about this at election time. They, they, don't, they don't talk about anything that really is going on at election time, except, you know, welfare, healthcare, that stuff. The usual stuff, you know. And no one really cares too much about it. And as I said before, all politicians are corrupt. There's one big club across the world of psychopaths went to the best schools, all met each other. Maggie Thatcher said the same thing years ago uh, when a big hullabaloo came out because uh, she started to use taxpayers' money to fund the private schools, the elite private schools. And she says, well, we've got to, she says, because that's where the future leaders of the country come from, the, 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 the prime ministers, the bureaucrats and politicians. They all come from the better schools, she says. And it's vital they all meet each other in their generation at school since they'll all know each other and be working with each other uh, afterwards, you see, throughout life. And that's the way it really is. Same in the U.S., same everywhere else. That's how it really works. All pals together, generation after generation. And then you find, of course, there's so much corruption that the drop is fairly open now because they can't, there's so much of it they can't keep it all out of, the, of even the alternate media. Generally it comes into the alternate media before they have to let it into the mainstream and put a spin on it, you see. Now France is, like every other country, it's totally corrupt at the top. Uh, totally left-wing and liberal, call it liberal, which of course Khrushchev said was communist. And uh, Chirac says uh, it was Jacques Chirac was um, a, a president for quite a few years in France. It's a court in France has handed former French president Jacques Chirac a two-year two suspended prison sentence. You see, N- nothing in other words, after finding him guilty of embezzlement and misuse of public funds. Well, they all do that. Chirac was tried on Thursday over a party financing financing scandal during his 1977 to 1995 tenure as Paris mayor. The AFP reported Chirac, who did not attend the trial due to doctors' recommendations, denied the charges. The 79-year-old former president, who ruled the country from 95 to 2007, was accused of a scheme that faked paid jobs that didn't exist. The salaries were then used to finance his conservative party. It would be for more than that, too, of course, you know that. 
The country's current foreign minister, Alan Juppé, was convicted in the same case in 2004, but has since returned to public life and is a key ally of President Nicolas Sarkozy. So here's the country's current foreign minister, or Alan Juppé, or Juppé, was convicted in the same case, but has since returned to public life. So he was convicted, he's guilty, but now he's back up there again. See, the, it, why would you put a, a liar and a cheat back up there again? It's because the boys at the top are all the same. And they have sympathy for these guys. Oh, it's terrible you got caught. I'm glad it wasn't me, you know. That's what runs the world all over. This is the first conviction of a head of state in France since 1945, when Marshal Philippe Pétain was found guilty of collaborating with the Nazis. They're better at it, mind you, in covering it up. That's really what it is. And just to contrast it to pre-trade and all the rest of it and the corrupt guys that run us all, dismal prospects. One in two Americans are now poor or low-income, it says. Washington, squeezed by rising living costs, a record number of Americans, nearly one in two, have fallen into poverty or are scraping by on earnings that classify them as low-income. The latest census data depicts a middle class that's shrinking, and that was always the, the objective of it all, finish off the middle classes, as unemployment stays high and the government safety net phrase. The new numbers follow a years of stagnating wages for the middle class that have hurt millions of workers and families, plus have lost all their jobs. Eh? Safety net projects such as food stamps and tax credits kept poverty from rising even higher in 2010, but for many low-income families with work-related and medical expenses, they're considered too rich to qualify. Isn't that something? You're too rich to qualify. Yeah, you're, you're, you're five bucks over, says Sheldon Danzinger, a University of Michigan public policy professor who specializes in poverty and gets a big salary, I'm sure. The reality is that prospects for the poor and the near poor are dismal, he said. If Congress and the states make further cuts, we can expect the number of poor and low-income families to rise for the next several years. So that's why he's an expert. He says, if Congress and states make further cuts, we expect more numbers to rise. Yep. Quite some, eh? Isn't that quite some? It's quite, it's quite a joke life, isn't it? The way, the way they give us it all. It's quite something else. And um, debtor's prison is back and well, doing well. Debtor's prison was quite something that they, they, they instituted in Britain when the Rothschilds uh, were blatantly running the country rather than covertly running it today. And uh, like, like from the swimming pools from the Rothschilds in France, you know, like one, of the, one of the major players that's running Britain now uh, boasted once, I'm running, I'm running Britain from uh, Mr. Rothschild's swimming pool in France. Yeah. And I read that on the air at the time, for those who remember. Now, at one time when you were thrown in a debtor's prison, you had to pay for your meals and everything, or, or family or somebody did. And if you didn't have the cash, you starved to death. That was called civilization then, you know, and, and the, the, the glowing age of democracy. You know. So Illinois' debtors are thrown in jail, and Lisa Madigan working to stop debt collector arrest warrants. And it says, some Illinois residents are struggling to pay off their debt, have yet another thing to worry about getting thrown in jail. As WBEZ reports, creditors in the state have figured out ways around laws that prevent them from putting debtors in jail. Oh, those lawyers again, eh? How they can reword everything and let's, 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 let's reinterpret the word cannot. It says, and the number of people being issued arrest warrants linked to unpaid bills is growing. 
Collection agencies can reportedly file a lawsuit requiring a court appearance, and if the defendant doesn't show up for their hearing, an arrest warrant can be issued. The practice has been happening more often in a stagnant economy, and Illinois Attorney General Lisa Madigan wants to do something about it, it says. We can no longer allow debt collectors to pervert the courts, Madigan told the Wall Street Journal, adding that some victims of the practice were thrown in jail without knowing that they were being sued due to misleading or sloppy paperwork submitted to the court by debt collectors. NPR spoke to one Illinois woman who was shocked to learn that a warrant was out for her arrest. Now, you know, there's lots and lots of them still going in because of the, the housing scam loans and where the banks were so happy to give everybody a loan, doesn't matter what their income was and then sell it off at a price. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix and just talking about the, the people going to debtors' prisons now as they're flourishing again. Of course, the big agencies too that, that, that hire scum off the streets to go and act tough. You know, they lean on the people and threaten them, etc. to pay out, even if they've no cash at all. Threaten their families as well, as well known. But that's always gone along with money, isn't it? I mean, banks are just money lenders. It has never changed for thousands of years. You know, whether it's back street or big tall buildings with pillars, it's just the same thing. And as I say, there's so many folk who lost their homes during the, the, the big banking scams because they kept flipping mortgages and the people didn't know it. And they're left with uh, massive debts and so on and kicked out of their homes. Often that they're put out at gunpoint with sheriffs there. And that tells you whose side the sheriff's on too. Because when he stands up on, on the side of corruption, then, well, that's the norm for the system, isn't it? What does that say for the system, that you keep voting back in again? Quite something. Why do you keep voting? I don't know. Promises, isn't it? It's pro- we promise, we promise to make your lives all happy and cozy. And that's all you need to hear. Now, I'm putting up two links tonight on uh, official graphs of so-called global warming that, that show you there's none at all. Uh, with lots of links to it to, to prove this again, once again. So there's two of them going up tonight. And, uh, uh, and some other ones to follow as well. Um, but this what this article here I'm going to read right now. And remember to go into the cutting through the and you'll find all these links at the end of the broadcast. Uh, the cops are getting so trigger happy. Uh, it's just disgusting. Con camera, shocking moment. Police officer tases a schoolgirl 14 seconds after she puts her hands up. It's short on the crotch. Probably a real perv too, you see. So, uh, things are getting just out of hand and too normal and shades of things to come if you allow it to continue. And unfortunately, you are allowing it to continue. You're being conditioned. And the more you allow it to happen, the more you condition yourself until it's your turn, you see. You live in a very sick society, very sick. And horror, horror is coming down the pike. I've warned before about the inoculations you get and uh, the, the, the various fallout from them all, all these contaminated vaccines. I mean, all vaccines are contaminated, folks. I mean, you should see how they're made. You think it's all hygienic and nice and so on. Oh, oh it's, it's, it's a horror show. 
It's, it's like it's like a witch's brew, you know, uh, a kidney from a monkey mixed with a, a fetus, and did it, let's add a, a touch of this. It's just a mix, a witch's brew. Why not some bats as well? You know? And then they add all these uh, synthetic viruses, and which are man-made viruses, which are your body is supposed to think is a real one, but the synthetics alter your body because it's not a real one. You see. And it causes multiple symptoms and destroys your immune system eventually. That's why it's taught in medical school now. There's this normal to have, have a, an incapacitated immune system. It's all normal. I can remember when the first young child came out, they called him the bubble boy. He was allergic to everything. Never happened in history before. That was at the time when they were really pumping the, the injections out, inoculations, and all the viruses and so on. Now it's normal. Everyone's compromised. Everyone's com- it's all quite normal. Yep. Cancer is normal now. Now, study says one in 100 pupils in the UK are sick with MEPA. Researchers have warned that as many as one in 100 pupils in UK schools could be taking time off because they suffer from chronic fatigue syndrome. Chronic fatigue, also called myalgic encephalomyelitis, causes excessive tiredness, concentration issues, mood swings, and memory difficulties. Actually, it's only one stage of narcolepsy. It's like autism. There's many stages of autism. Depends what what degree you're at with it. Around a quarter of a million people are believed to suffer from the condition in the UK. It's a lot more than that. The study, which was published in the BMJ Open Journal, looked at 2,855 pupils at three schools and discovered 28 were absent from school with ME. After scudding every pupil between the ages of 11 to 16 at three schools in Bath, researchers identified 461 pupils who missed school for at least one day a week over six weeks. Five children already have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, and another 23 cases were discovered. The study shows 1% of children had the condition, and the illness was the cause of 6% of the high number of absences. Now, the article here, of course, does not touch on the causes, it just, it just blithely goes over it and just concentrates on it's terrible to have so many days missing from school. Well, what caused the damn problem? What's caused all these problems since 1950? What happened? Oh, gee, we, we got all the, 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 the chemicalized food came in, you know, advanced agriculture, they called it, along with all the inoculations. Simple detective story, folks. Look at all the, 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 the problems they had before. Not so many at all. Look at what happened after. It's all here. Simple detective work. What's changed in the environment? What's changed in, in what the person eats? What's changed in what gets stuck into their body? It's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. But that's the agenda, isn't it? Now, Ottawa has pulled out of the 1997 anti-global warming Kyoto Protocol, saying the treaty is not working. Piers Corbin, founder of the Weather Action Foundation, says Canada is doing the right thing. According to Corbin, the solar activity, not carbon dioxide, is behind climate change. Oh my goodness, like no one knew this before. Even the ancients talked about that. Oh, when the sun shines, you know, the little seeds in the earth come out and they bud. Wow. Imagine that, eh? Back with more after this break. Your 
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix and cutting through all this carbon nonsense too, as we have been for years. But uh, this carbon here, who talked about the, the solar activities behind climate change, he says, he says, um, he says, I don't believe in man-made climate change because there's no evidence for it. In fact, carbon dioxide is controlled by world temperatures rather than the other way around, he told RT. Climate change is going on. The key aspects of the big, very extreme events that happened in the last 18 months were predicted by us, the weather action using solar activity. Carbon dioxide has zero effect, I repeat, zero effect, no effect whatsoever. Carbon believes that the Kyoto Protocol is is based on what appears to be a semi-fraudulent scheme aimed at wasting public funds, which could otherwise have a better use. Actually, it's got a social-political agenda to control every single one of us, actually, and to bring down the population. Too many of you, see, too many of you, and you all consume, and everything you consume creates carbon in the process of, of, of production, and my goodness, we just can't have this as killing the planet. That's really this intention. It's, it's the biggest battering ram to control you ever devised. And that's really what it's for. And to allow the big boys, like the Rothschilds again, whose bank in Switzerland is to manage the whole global carbon credit stuff uh, for these carbon traders who are making billions off it already. He says it's a complete waste of time. It's a waste of public money. It's a gravy train for so-called scientists. And I would say that's true, so-called scientists looking into things that don't exist. And, of course, for the government to impose taxations on all companies to increase all prices on the back of increasing energy prices, which is the thing demanded by the global warming's nonsense lobby, he explained. So, frankly, I'm glad that Canada has left the Kyoto Protocol process, and I hope it heralds the collapse of the whole thing. So that's really how it, it truly is, you know, and we all hope that too, but they're not up, they won't give up that easily, folks. These folks planned this years ago. Remember the Club of Rome were the guys who were given the job of dreaming up the whole con in the first place in order, in order to impose their, their eugenics laws upon the whole planet and profit mightily off of it too. So they won't give up easily. They'll come back. They want what they want. It's everyone to come into a regional charter and binding treaties under a United Court, a United Nations Court, I should say, who will levy out the fees and fines. And all the taxpayers will have to pay up, you see. Great, great, fantastic boon for the banks. Oh, fantastic. Money for nothing in here for kicks for free, eh? Now, Talking about corruption too, it's everywhere at the top. I mean, that's their normal way of life. They actually see it as their right, actually. They see it as their right. I can remember it was two politicians in British Columbia many years ago who were caught with their hands in the, in the taxes, the taxation payers, uh, cookie jar. That's where the big money is. And, uh, they actually said it was their right to do it. Everyone had done it before them. And their, their status and position, it was their right to help themselves. You suddenly become a king, you understand, when you get elected up there. And everyone is corrupt. And you must go along with everyone else. Or you're just what, not one of the boys. Or girls, for that matter. Or in-betweens nowadays. Outrage, author of stimulus linked to companies that it helped. Received hundreds of millions in government grants and loans. An advisor to Barack Obama 
who played a key role in developing the energy provisions of the so-called stimulus bill, has served on the boards of several companies that recently received government funds, including hundreds of millions of dollars in stimulus money. Remember that? T.J. Glothier served on Obama's 2008 White House transition team. He's widely credited with helping to craft the energy provisions of the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009, also known as the Stimulus. In addition to serving on the boards of major energy companies, Glothier previously held two presidential appointments during the Clinton administration. They're lifers. These guys are in it for life, aren't they? He was the Energy Department's Deputy Secretary and Chief Operating Officer, the second highest ranking official. Earlier, he served in the White House for five years as Associate Director for Natural Resources, Energy and Science in the Office of Management and Budget. So, Everything you wanted to know about Obama's advisors and Red Army, this is a radical network that must be de- defeated to save America. Glothier is tied to several energy companies that benefited from the stimulus bill he helped to craft. It says one such company investigated is Gridpoint Inc., where he was appointed to the board in March 2008. Gridpoint provides utilities with software solutions for electrical grid management and electric power demand and supply balancing. The stimulus provides $4.5 billion for so-called smart grid projects. Gridpoint has benefited from scores of smart grid deals funded by the stimulus bill. The company partnered with the Electric Transportation Engineering Corporation called ETEC, also with Nissan, the Idaho National, uh, Idaho National Laboratory, and others in a project to deploy electric vehicles and their charging infrastructure in five states. The Energy Department has awarded ETEC almost $100 million in stimulus funds to, to support the project. Do you see how they move them, these, these, these guys from, from politics and bureaucratic positions into these companies to get it going and back to politics again? Yeah, don't you see how it's all worked? It's all worked that way. So it was on and on and on about other companies too and all the awards they got and, and there's the same characters involved in all of them. So uh, that's the inside system that runs your country. It's always been like that. Same with the FDA. The big farmers got all the, their boys stacking the FDA system to make sure everything they want to go through goes through. Quite interesting. That started with Bernays. You know, Bernays was the first guy to come up with these ideas. We'll create what seems to be professional uh, uh, national or federal organizations, like legitimate sounding names, uh, to get these drugs through. And then he, he would, uh, and I've talked about this, it came from his own book and propaganda, and he said uh, they would hire some dive somewhere, some, some little office, uh, hire uh, somebody to, to man the phones, and they'd get four or five professors who wouldn't even have to turn up or even look at uh, any of the articles they were to print. And that's how they put it. So, so prestigious professors, experts in pharmacology agree that this drug is the best thing to hit the market. And then they paid him a big stipend for just having their names on the billboard. And that's how the FDA and all these organizations started. Hasn't changed much. Now, Congress authorizes the Pentagon to wage Internet war. It says that the ancient art of war is coming to the Internet. The House and Senate agreed to give the U.S. military the power to conduct offensive strikes online, including clandestine attacks via a little-notice provision in the military's 2012 funding bill. 
The power which was included in the, the House version but not the Senate version was included in the final reconciled bill that is all but guaranteed to pass into law. Congress affirms that the Department of Defense has the capability and upon direction by the President may conduct offensive operations in cyberspace to defend our nation, allies and interests subject to, number one, the policy principles and legal regimes uh, that the Department follows for kinetic capabilities, including the law of armed conflict and the war powers resolution to give all the acts and so on. In other words, they can hit any of you too, like they haven't been doing it already. While offensive action isn't defined, it's likely to include things like unleashing a worm, like the Stuxnet worm that damaged Iran's nuclear centrifuges. It's a whole bunch of worms of ruined hard drives in, in Americans and Canadians' computers, by the way. I'll testify to that. Hacking into another country's power grid to bring it down, disabling websites via denial of a, a service attack, or as the CIA has already done with some collateral damage, hacking into a forum where would-be terrorists meet in order to permanently disable it. So talking now about things is also terrorism now. See, you understand, they keep expanding it. The the conferees recognize that because of the evolving nature of cyber warfare, there's a lack of historical precedent for what constitutes traditional military activities in relation to cyber operations, and that it is necessary to affirm that such operations may be conducted pursuant to the same policy principles and legal regimes that pertain to kinetic capabilities. So... This is going to go on and on and on until only the goody two-shoes and, and the pro-carbon guys, etc., uh, will be, and pro-everything else, by the way, that's politically correct, will be allowed to uh, get on the net at all. Otherwise, you're crippled very quickly, and it's expensive when your stuff is just all smoking. And this article here, too, is quite interesting. Police have targeted at least four climate bloggers in three countries, with constabulary police taking computers and networking equipment from a science blogger in the UK. Roger Tattersall, a.k.a. Tallbloke, a digital content manager at the University of Leeds, posted that six police officers identifying themselves as being from Norfolk Police and from the Metro uh, Force entered his home at midnight and took away two laptops and a router. Norfolk Constabulary told us in a written statement that Norfolk Constabulary executed a search warrant yesterday Wednesday 14th December in West Yorkshire and seized computers. No one was arrested. This is one line of inquiry in a Norfolk Constabulary investigation which started in 2009. There's a reference to the Climate Gate investigation by Norfolk Police into the release of emails, raw data and computer code from the Climatic Research Unit at the University of East Anglia, which two years ago Uh, two years on, has yet to yield any results. A second batch of emails from the CRU, including a large encrypted container, was distributed last month. Amongst the recipients were Tattersall and Jeff Id of the Air Vent. So they're they're going after those who are putting out uh, the emails and they've got blogs up on on all the scams that these scientists with their massive grants are up to. And it says, um, last week, WordPress hosting site Automatic based in San Francisco, notified several climate skeptics, including Tattersall, ID, and Canadian, Canadians Steve McIntyre from Climate Audit and Donna uh, Laframbois, no consensus that the U.S. Department of Justice criminal division had requested evidence for the period in November when the second batch of emails were uploaded. So they're already going after anyone who has been uh, uh, talking the truth about this and letting out uh, all the dirt and all the lies that have been covered up by East Anglia University and all the other biggies that were on massive grants. They're actively 
going after us all now, folks. And as we go into this nonsense, too, of austerity, 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 and the global grid, because that's what's about, the global grid is all being connected together as we speak across the whole world so that the global power company, Inc., uh, will have it all under control. Uh, and we have to cut back on everything we use, of course, as we close, close down all coal mines because of all that terrible carbon once again. You have less electricity, and you'll pay a lot more for the little bit that you get. It says households paid a record $1,419 on average for electricity in 2010, the fifth consecutive yearly increase above the inflation rate A USA Today. Analysis of government data found the jump has added to about $300 a year to what households pay for electricity. That's the largest sustained increase since the run-up in electricity prices during the 1970s. Electricity is consuming a greater share of America's after-tax income than at any time since 1996. About $1.50 of every $100 in income at a time when income growth has stagnated, the USA Today Analysis Bureau of Economic Analysis data found. Greater electricity use at home and higher prices per kilowatt hour are both driving the higher costs in roughly equal measure. Residential demand for power dropped briefly in 2009 but rebounded strongly last year to record high. Air conditioners and household appliances use less power than ever. A new refrigerator consumes half the electricity, a similar one brought in 1990. However, it only lasts about two years. <laughs> That's the other thing about it, too. None of these new fridges last for more than about two or three years. The old ones last 20 years, 30 years. These new ones, the compressors just burn out in no time at all. Anyway, but consumers have bigger houses, more air consumer conditioning, and more electronics than before, outpacing gains in efficiency and conservation. Well, that's not, not true because there's lots of folk not using them anymore because it's already a high price in electricity. It's going up, up, up. IBM, one of the biggest in the world, is a real leader in this new world order with the, the, the global grid, the global everything, uh, and the Internet of Things, where everything's matched together and connected together. Is, is also monitoring all the food supplies in the world. But this article here actually goes on. And they work with governments to do it, by the way, in case of crisis, you see, just in case of crisis. IBM system monitors food supply chains in China. And it says, IBM said Thursday it developed the system with Shandong Commercial Group, a company with more than 70 of its own in-zone large retail stores in the country. The 195 million yuan that's, that's a $30.5 million system, will allow the Chinese company to track food products across the supply chain from farms up to the retailers. If a consumer becomes sick after consuming tainted food, the system can better pinpoint which protects, which products should be removed while keeping the safe products in stock. Well, that's not really true. What's after? You see, these new fridges have the ability to, uh, they actually read the barcodes and everything you put inside them. And they've had failed ad campaigns before to buy these fridges. And this, these things can actually eventually, they can't do it right now. They can send off to your, your grocer to restock. But it also sends one off to the government to show how much you're eating, you see. And when rationing comes along, they'll know exactly how much you've got left in the fridge there. They'll also want to know well, where you got all this stuff. Because if there's a barcode there and they didn't see you buying it because they had all your receipts there, you see. They want to know where you got it from. Because rationing is coming, folks. You know, you don't believe these little stories they give you. It's to, they're scared of food poisoning. They'll know where it came from. They know from the source at the start where it comes from. Charities, charities. Everything's done under the guise of charitable contributions and agencies. And even the big 
uh, bankers' fronts that help them to evade all their taxes, these foundations which allow them to hire millions of, of, of the armies of non-governmental organizations that lobby government and get full-time salaries, pensions, and all the rest of it. There are such disgusting things. But folk think, you see, it's like charity is one of these nicey-nicey-sounding names. You know, if you're anti-charity, you're, you're against mum's apple pie. You know, you're a stooge. But they're all cons. They're all cons, every single one of them. And the men have been exposed in the past. Less than five cents of the dollar ever gets to where it's supposed to go. And some are even less than that. Kenya's Sumburu people are violently evicted after the U.S. charities buy land. I've been doing this like crazy. I read an article a while back on the air here about this too. Big big boys are really getting in there. They're buying all the farmland up and everything else. A lot of it too they buy up and just call it a carbon sink. And now they're getting given, by your tax money, carbon credits just for having land sitting there. So anyway, it says here, uh, members of the Sumburu people in Kenya have been abused, beaten and raped by police after the land they lived on for two decades was sold to two U.S.-based wildlife charities, isn't that nice? Wildlife charities. One of the guys that give you all these fake shows with, with fake snow and, and tell you they're in the Arctic and, and uh, actually film in a Dutch, a Dutch open zoo, you know. A rights group and community leaders have alleged. Dispute centers on Island Downs and Likipia. Lekipia, it's called, a lush area near Mount Kenya. Oh, that'd be really worth a fortune uh, near the mountain there. At least three people are said to have died during the row, including a child who was eaten by a lion after the Samburu were violently evicted in November last year. The London-based non-governmental organization, there you go, CNGO, Survival International, said that Samburu were evicted following the purchase of the land by two American-based charities, the Nature Conservancy <laughs> and African Wildlife Foundation. Oh, they're full of passion for, for life across the planet, just they don't like humans, especially the low ones, you know, very much at all. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're back cutting through the matrix. And you know, man's inhumanity to man uh, goes in hand with cash, you see. Because when, when money talks, morality walks. And, and as we get more degenerate in every generation, thanks to Hollywood and everything else, uh, uh, you find everyone's at it and exploiting everyone else. And this article here came from Iowa. It's Portsville, Iowa. It's about all the illegals who come in to the U.S. looking for work and some of the things that happen to them. It says, it's Portsville, Iowa, a group of Jewish boys in Yamulks and winter coats walked past the taste of Mexico restaurant on Lawyer Street last week. On their way home from school, minutes later, a Somali man wearing a, a kefia scarf around his neck passed by, perhaps on his way to the town's makeshift mosque on Main Street. This improbable, diverse rural town of about 2,000 people in northeastern Iowa suffered a near-fatal near shock more than three years ago when a federal immigration raid scooped up 20% of its population in a single day. An ultra-orthodox Lubavitcher Jewish family from Brooklyn bought the town's defunct meat packing plant in 1987 and attracted workers from Israel, Eastern Europe, and Latin America. You can imagine who did the work there, right? The plant became the largest producer of kosher beef in the world. It's amazing. No one had heard of this. 
when the plant was raided one spring morning in 2008, May 2008, most of the workers on shift were Guatemalan and Mexican and undocumented. Many workers later said they'd been physically or sexually abused at the plant, and at least 57 minors were illegally employed there, some as young as 13. This is in America. Uh, six months later, the plant shut down abruptly in Shalom uh, Rubashkin. It says the chief executive was convicted of fraud and sent to prison. The national and local news media document the near demise of the town that followed as businesses were shattered overnight and hundreds of homes abandoned. The town shrank to nearly half its former size as many of the illegal immigrants who were not netted in raid left out of fear because they couldn't find a job. So it happens all, all over the place, you know. Uh, as I say, man's inhumanity to man, and slavery is alive and well, as Charles Galton Darwin said. We are the, the, it's always existed, he said in his book, uh, Next Million Years, in the 1950s, and he says, we are now, meaning the elite, we're now uh, creating a more efficient form of slavery. That's in the book too. Yeah. So anyway, it didn't stop the plant altogether, because uh, these guys who run it, looked for some laws, they got around some laws, finding out Indian land was still basically Indian land, and tried to get these Indians and you do it instead, etc. Because you don't stop when it comes to law, these guys are specialists in law. And uh, and that's what they did. But anyway, it gives you the story of how a town can be wiped out overnight, because everyone who's doing the slavery work uh, is illegal and often underage, and all getting paid slave wages and living in, in cardboard shacks, basically. In America, right? like something. And yet this is the largest kosher plant in the world. Exports, I mean, it's feds and everybody knew about it, because export permits, all that stuff. That's easy to turn a blind eye, isn't it? Depends who you are too, isn't it? But anyway, that's the system that we live in, that's the world we live in. As I say, we're going to see a lot more of this massive corruption, because as I say, everyone's pretty well atheistic now. Uh, that there's nothing left to give them any conscience on anything, especially when they've had years and years of watching movies of getting to the top, getting to the top, by any means possible, get to the top. Do you want to be a loser? Uh, what the class was as a loser today used to be the average decent person of yesterday. That's what they showed you in old TV shows anyway. Not now. Got to be a winner. Tough, you know, ruthless. Then you're a somebody. From Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me, your God, or your God's go with you.